Welcome to the Jill on Money Call of the Week. We are presented by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. If you've got a financial question, any kind of financial question, just send us an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. That is what Matt did. He is calling from Philadelphia with his cheesesteak dripping down the side of his mouth. He's ready to rock and roll. Matt, what can I do for you? Good morning, Jill. Thank you so much for taking my call. Of course. And it's a Delisandro's cheesesteak. Don't get it confused. People that go to Pat's and Gino's, you got to go to Delisandro's. What about this place, Denix, that I've heard about, about the pork sandwich? Yeah, yeah, roast pork uh, inside, you know, they have a couple locations, I think, inside Reading Terminal Market is a famous one. Uh, very good, very good. People right. don't think about it because of the, they want to get the cheesesteak. Mm. But if you're looking for the roast pork and you want to get the broccoli rob and the provolone, you know, A+. plus. Okay, Mark and I are coming right now. Matt, what can I do? Yeah, good, very good. Uh, we'll be there in 90 minutes. Uh, Matt, <laughs> what can I do for you? Well, I... Um, I help my mom uh, with her finances, and we have a, uh, a question, and we're looking for some guidance. Okay. So my mom is uh, 67 years old. She is retired. She is single, and I am her only uh, child. So it is um, pretty much up to me to help her and uh, as she gets a little bit older here. Fifteen years ago, she took out a long-term care insurance policy with MetLife. Uh, she did something very smart, trying to protect herself, trying to protect me, um, et cetera. As you know, um, these policies basically are allowed to sort of increase their premiums. Uh, I shouldn't say as much as they want, but they can, uh, uh, you know, increase them pretty aggressively on an annual basis. Most recently, we've seen a 33% increase in the premium. Um, we're trying to figure out, should she continue to pay into this insurance when the premium keeps going up and there really is no end in sight, or are we better off basically saving the money and trying to allow it to continue to grow in other ways. But we wouldn't have that protection that we think she will probably have to you know, use at some point. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about mom's financial life. Um, does she live alone? She does. She lives alone. Um, she's, uh, like I said, she's retired. She, she brings in about $2,500 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not going to be a whole lot of increases with that, obviously. Social Security and a pension. She doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, liabilities. So she, the 2,500 is enough to cover. Okay. Um, she's got about $400,000 in savings uh, it, that are in an IRA. So it's retirement money. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time she has to withdraw it, she, you know, she is looking at a tax burden there. And at this point, when the annual bill comes for the long-term care, she's just taking that money from her 401k to pay the annual bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how about money outside of retirement? Any money in the bank? You know, nothing other than a, you know, really quick rainy day fund, right? So maybe about $10,000 or so in a, in a rainy day fund, but nothing, nothing major. She's basically relying on her income. And then every year, uh, if she needs additional money, you know, we just pull it out of her IRA. But she's, you know, her ultimate goal is to try to preserve that IRA money as much as she possibly can so that if she does, you know, something happens to her, she does get sick. You know, she's trying to avoid laying a burden on me, which obviously I appreciate. Um, so she took out this policy. She's got a, a nice policy. It's, you know, $400 or so a day, uh, that would allow her up to $500,000 in a lifetime benefit. Um, so we've paid about 40 or so thousand dollars into it, 45, give or take, um, in the last 15 years, mm. but the increases are coming fast and furious. And we're really just trying to figure out what's our best method, best method here. Okay. And does she rent or does she own her residence? 
So she owns her um, she owns her home. She actually pays a land rent. So she owns like a modular home and mm-hmm. she owns the structure. She doesn't have a mortgage there, but she does have a rent every month. So she pays about uh, between five and six hundred dollars a month on the land rent. And what is the property that she owns worth? Uh, probably about a hundred. Okay, so have you spoken to MetLife about some options? Um, and and this is what I'm thinking. $400 a day is like a souped-up long-term care policy, for real. Like, that is you're, – you're, she's staying in, like, the, uh, the, the four seasons of assisted living <laughs> if she does that. You know, like, that's a really big benefit. So there's two thoughts here. One is, who cares? Are you in good financial shape yourself? Yeah, I am. Okay. So, like, at the worst case, if she got rid of this thing, Forgetting about the $40,000, which feels horrible that you, you know, oh, I didn't use it. But think of it as like, oh, it was expensive car insurance. I didn't get hit. You don't think about that, right? You say, oh, thank God I didn't need it. You could basically ditch this policy, which now is, what's the premium right now? So they just, part of the reason why I sent you the email was because we got the notification again. So the current premium is eight forty one dollars a quarter, uh, and they want to raise that to nine thirty two dollars a quarter. And it's going to and it is going to keep going up. So, I mean, this is not an insignificant amount of money. Right. And so there's the choices are like, screw it. I'm going to let it go. We're not going to use it. And she'll save that money. She doesn't have to take any money out of her retirement savings until she's forced to do so at age 70 and a half. There is a case for that. The reason why there's a case for it is that she lives alone. If she went through all of her savings. Right. And uh, was then, you know, finally qualified for some sort of Medicaid or assistance, you know, it would be okay. Like there's no one else relying on this money. You know, if she were with somebody, if you're if you had, you know, if there were a partner or a spouse who was actually also, you know, counting on that four hundred thousand dollars, then you're in a different situation. But she's alone and has one kid who is financially secure. So you could be like, okay, we're done. Alternatively, you could just simply say, wait a minute, I don't have to get rid of the whole policy, but what would happen if you're, you went to MetLife and said, hey, what would the cost be if we went to $200 a day? We, went, we want to drop that benefit down. What would the cost be? And I don't know if it would be a dollar for dollar reduction. In other words, I don't know if they'd say it's exactly half. But my guess is that if she might feel a little bit more comfortable instead of paying thirty seven hundred bucks a year. Right. If it were like eighteen hundred or two grand a year, she might say, "Okay, I have a baseline of coverage. I could use that. And if I needed care, I could tap into that. You know, she'd have some coverage, not full coverage. And then she wouldn't feel like she's plowing through all of her savings. So I would first go to MetLife and see if there's other alternatives. You know, this is really about her. If she really says, I don't feel comfortable getting rid of it, then you can keep it. But if you're going to keep it, I would start to think about a reduced amount of uh, daily benefit because that's the only way you can really control the premium cost to you guys. And it is going to keep going up. There's no doubt because they all misprice these policies. I don't think she's in financial peril. This is really about her being able to feel good that she has some coverage, not, you know, the Cadillac of coverage. So at what point from a daily benefit amount, because I'm I'm pretty unfamiliar with the cost of what it takes to put, you know, a parent in in a home or something along those lines. And and I'm, I'm sure those costs are obviously also going to continue to rise. But if you were me, what daily benefit amount would you say 
okay, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm comfortable with right now. So right now we're pushing $400. Would you, would you be okay cutting that in half? She does have $2,500 of month of income no matter what. So essentially, I would say that the $200 a day would be your minimum benefit. Plus, she's got her $2,500 a month that's coming in. So that the $200 a day plus her $30,000, I think, gets her into a decent place. She's, you know, hundred grand or so of coverage will get you, should get you a private room. Now, if I've misstated this because... Philly is a much more expensive area, and I'm not clear about that. Then you would have to be pulling some money out of your retirement savings. But I would say not less than $200 a day. Okay, and I, I just have one last question if you have time. Sure, of course. There is a paragraph in the um, policy, in the, in the uh, premium increase notification that they sent us. There is a paragraph that basically states that if the coverage lapses due to us canceling the policy, and we have 120 days from January 1, so obviously plenty of time to make that decision. If that happens, they put us in what they call an LCUL, a limited coverage upon lapse following premium increase endorsement, uh, which is obviously a mouthful. But what it, what it ultimately says, though, is that um, we would get the greater of all the premiums paid and then waived prior to letting it lapse or 30 times the benefit amount that's in effect and 30 times like the 400, you know, is like give or take $12,000. We've paid more than that into it. So if I'm reading this correctly, we could walk away and actually all the money that she's paid into it, we would still have that from MetLife. It's only, it's only 40,000 and that might get us six months, but it's not like we're completely walking away from yeah. 40,000 and we're just letting it go. Does that, does that even change the conversation at all, do you uh, think? I mean, it changes the conversation in that the, it's not like you've thrown the money down the drain, right? right. So that's that's the reason it changes the conversation for me. I mean, look, it, again, this has to do a lot with her level of comfort. And, you know, this is her money. And if she feels like she's more comfortable having some form of coverage then um, I think we start with like, well, how much is really affordable? And then if instead of surrendering the whole policy, having this this sort of stopgap extra bunch of money, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, it's fine. It's not going to, like you said, it's not going to move the needle, but it's, you know, if it was one bad year and that covered the nut, great. You know, so it's certainly better than just surrendering. Yeah, I think ultimately what we just need to make our decision about is, you know, we're pulling this money out of her IRA that we that we have invested, you know, in Vanguard every year. And so if and my and my mom is, is in good shape, she's healthy. I think I think it could be a good 15 years or so before she would have to use this. So, you know, you're talking about three or four or five thousand dollars a year for the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Out of her out of her IRA. You know, so not only are you pulling it out and paying the tax, but you're also giving up the possible gains in the investment, right? Exactly. So I think that's just where we're kind of. Yeah, I mean, if, and, I, and, I just wanted your perspective. And, and I, and I, so my inclination when I first heard your story was, oh, we're done with this policy. But I do want to make sure that we take care of your mother's needs. It's her money, and we need to kind of check in with her and make sure she's cool with that. I don't want her to look back and be, you know, God, and also, by the way, God forbid, she gets diagnosed with something horrible in the next year. You know, you have to be willing to say, okay, we're taking that risk. Absolutely. Good luck. Thank you. 
Okay, that's the call of the week. If you have a financial question, just give us a holler. Send an email to askjill at jillonmoney.com or go to the website, jillonmoney.com. You can click the Contact Us button right there. Oh, by the way, while you're there, sign up for our free newsletter. It's free. Why not? We drop new episodes of Jill on Money every Tuesday and Thursday, and you can download the show anywhere that you get your podcasts. Apple, Google Play, Radio.com, Stitcher, wherever. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We're distributed by Cadence 13, and our show is presented by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. See you next week. 